0: Newsday presents the Island Ice Podcast with Andrew Gross. And welcome to Island Ice, Newsday's New York Islanders podcast, episode 165, as we put a bow on the 2022-23 season for the New York Islanders. Hi, I'm Andrew Gross, and I'm sure we were all hoping that instead of doing a wrap-up podcast episode, we'd be talking about the Islanders going into the second round of the playoffs. Alas, that was not to happen as the Carolina Hurricanes eliminate them in six games, ending with a 2-1 overtime win at UBS Arena. And that, to me, that was sort of a microcosm for a lot of the Islanders' struggles During the season, they played really well through the first two periods of that game, but they could only build a one nothing lead. Then they fell into this defensive shell in the third period, and you could just see it coming. In fact, I I I did turn to someone in the press box in the second period and said, "You know, they better get a second goal here because it's just they're they're doing they're working too hard and." it's going to be frustrating them dominating 40 minutes, only getting one goal and then inexplicably falling into this defensive shell and the Hurricanes get the equalizer in the third period and they win it uh, six minutes into overtime, a sharp angle shot. I know Ilya Sorokin beat himself up over that goal, um, but that. You know you can't blame it on Ilya because they don't get nearly that far without Ilya Sorokin. In fact, one of the uh, players at Breakup Day, uh, I-, I was asking about whether, obviously, the teammates think uh, Ilya Sorokin should be a Vesna Trophy finalist. But uh, one player, and I'm sorry, I forget which one, said, you know, as far as team MVPs. Go, Ilya Sorokin might be the most valuable of the MVPs around the league in terms of, of what he did for the Islanders, and uh, I I don't disagree with that. I, they a clear cut team MVP. So uh, the, the Islanders they make it back to the playoffs after a one season uh, absence. They finish forty two thirty one and nine in Lane Lambert's first season as head coach, and you know you have to say that you because he, he was so heavily involved in Barry Trotz's four seasons here. But now it now it really does fall on him, 42-31-9, uh, first wild card spot, but a six-game ouster. And uh, obviously there's been a lot of debate recently around the sports world as to what success or failure is, right? How to judge this season. And do, do you judge the season because they were able to get back into the playoffs and they had three playoff games at UBS and really UBS Arena is starting to feel like home for them and the atmosphere in that building was was really, really good during the playoffs. So does does that make this season a success, a success? or, you know, do you look at it as, boy, the Bruins went out in the first round, the Panthers take them out in seven games. And the Eastern Conference just seems wide open now. And the Islanders would have faced the Devils, it turns out, because the Devils knock out the Rangers in seven games. And how would the Islanders have fared against the Devils in the second round? And could they have gotten through to the conference final? And you just go through all of those what-ifs. But if you ask me whether this season is a success or failure... You know, failure is a hard word, but I, I don't see it necessarily as a success, even though they got into the playoffs. This is, uh, uh, we, we've talked about this since last summer, right? Lou Lamarillo gambled heavily, uh, bet heavily on this core group of players that they were still the team that got to back to back conference finals, NHL semi, semis, whatever you want to call it, the final four in 20 and 21. The franchise, opted to basically stay the course with this group of players. And, it, you know, you, you you look through the season, and it was looking bleak in January. Uh, they start the calendar year with a 2-8-3 and three skid. They're six points out of a playoff spot on January 26th, and good on them for, for crawling their way back into the playoffs and, and getting a wild card spot. And, you know... Uh, you got to think that had the Penguins been any bit better, uh, the Islanders would have been out. Uh, there, there was a lot of chicanery in the Eastern Conference wild card race uh, down the stretch. But the Islanders, you know, you don't take it away from them. They, they got the berth. 93 points. Usually it's around 95, 96. They got in. But for this group, uh, which is again going to be another year older next season and you, you gotta feel that this window is really closing rapidly on, on some of these uh, plus 30 players. For them to to not get out of the first round, I, I don't really see how you can deem this se- season a success. Um, and we'll talk about them a little bit later. Uh, in in terms of developing young guys Oliver Wallstrom gets hurt in December so he only plays 35 games and uh Robin Sallow and Samuel Boldock had chances uh, to earn a full time role on the back end, and not really fair, especially to Samuel Boldock when he was thrown in at the end of the season. But they showed they weren't quite ready yet for the NHL. Um, so you know th- there wasn't an infusion of young players I- into this lineup, and uh, you know I, I, I that's what you have to do in the NHL. You, you have to keep you have to have a pipeline of younger players and you can, yeah, Simon Holmstrom, uh, was for the most part playing on a, in a full-time basis, but he's really hasn't shown much, if any offense yet. Um, so what you really have with him is a hardworking grinder who can play on the, on the fourth line or maybe the third line. Um, Hudson Fashing, a great story, uh, sort of the same deal. He's, he's a bottom six guy. Um, so the the Islanders need more younger players in their lineup. They need more speed, and uh, that that and and the player I was going to bring up is defenseman Noah Dobson because he was your your star poster child uh, for for developing a young player. He's twenty three. He's going into his fifth season. I'll I'll talk about him a little bit more, but defensively and and in terms of running the power play, he certainly regressed this season. And now you have to worry about that going forward as well, um, whether he can eat up those minutes you need from a, a top four defenseman or not. So there, there wasn't a lot of player development this season, and, and ultimately, I, I, I think that marks it as something less than a success. And I, I don't like the word failure. Um, these guys work too hard. They they just do. I I I have too much respect for what they do to to say it's a failure. But I I can't necessarily put the stamp of success uh, on this season. Uh, now going into the off season, the the, the biggest off season question here is, is the fate of Lou Lamarillo uh, as to whether he returns. For another season or, or more, as the Islanders president and general manager. And, you know, Lou has yelled at the media that we don't know what we're talking about when it comes to his contract and when it's expiring or not expiring. But let me tell you, everyone believes, I certainly believe, that he had a five year deal when he came to the Islanders in 2018. And as I speak, I have not heard or learned that he's been offered or signed an extension yet. And that's to the best of my knowledge, Uh, Lou Lamorello's contract is expiring, uh, coming up uh, within the next couple of months. Um, And there's no extension worked out yet. And that is on ownership to decide. Uh, whether to bring Lou Lamarillo back. Now, neither Lou Lamarillo nor Lane Lambert talked on breakup day, so we couldn't ask him that question. Um, if you remember last season, neither Lou nor uh, Barry Trots talked on breakup day, and a week later, uh, the Islanders made the announcement that Barry Trots uh, had been let go, and a week after that, Lane Lambert had been promoted from associate coach. I don't think this is that in that I don't think Lou Lamarillo is looking to fire Lane Lambert. Um, I, I, I certainly think Lou respected the job that Lane did this season. I, again, to me, Lambert's fate is tied into Lou Lamarillo's. If, if, if Lou Lamarillo is coming back, I certainly believe Lane Lambert is coming back. If Lou Lamarillo is not coming back, then, you know, uh, I would have to think a new GM has the right to hire his own coach. Um, so, in, and and that could be Lane Lambert being retained. But if Lamarillo is not coming back, Lane Lambert's uh, job status becomes a little bit more precarious. Um, one of the big stories to come out of Breakup Day was the status of Josh Bailey and his future or lack thereof with the Islanders. He was a healthy scratch for 10 of the last 12 games, uh, all six in the playoffs. And Josh Bailey made it very clear that he was not happy with that. And he certainly doesn't want to go through that again, uh, next season. And, uh, you know, he, he's not sure really where his future lies at this point. And he sounded very ready to consider playing for another team. He's got one year left on his, uh, six, uh, six year, uh, $30 million deal. So a cap hit of 5 million. Um, he said he wants to play out his deal. Um, he always thought he would be an Islander for his entire career. He's played 1057 games with the team. That's the third most in team history. He, he, because of all the healthy scratches, he fell uh, three short at tying Denny Podfan for the second most in franchise history. But uh, again, he he doesn't want to go through this again, and he he made it very clear that he thinks he's got a lot of good hockey left in him. He's going to be thirty-four next season. Like I said, one year left on his deal, um, but he he wants to play, and he does not want to be on the bench he you know he said he loves Long Island he's going to be a Long Islander long after he retires this is where he wants to be with his family he just does not want to be sitting in the press box all next season so here's Josh Bailey discussing his future with the Islanders you know what did you get out of the season and what, what do you think your future is here I don't know yeah. um yeah, it's a
1: position I you know, certainly wouldn't want to be in. This has been home for a long time, and it will continue to be home after hockey, regardless of what happens. Um, but yeah, obviously, uh, you know, a little unknown right now.
0: Have you had any preliminary discussions with Lou or Lane, or did you have those discussions while you know down the stretch?
1: Uh, no, that's all stuff for after the season. I haven't talked with either of them yet. I'm sure I'll chat with Lou, Lou here in the near future.
0: Now, on, on breakup day, uh, we, we spoke to a lot of players about what Josh Bailey meant to the Islanders or means to the Islanders and to them as teammates. And they were all eloquent. Um, but I, I did want to play uh, Ross Johnson um, because towards the end, Ross Johnson, who, you know, was a consistent, healthy scratch as well. He was out on the ice after every morning skate or practice working with Josh Bailey and the other healthy scratches. So he saw firsthand, um, you know, whether Josh Bailey was getting frustrated uh, with all the healthy scratches. And so here's Ross describing Josh's work ethic even as he was being healthy scratched over and over again.
1: Can't say that's enough. Uh, he's a true pro, ultimate professional. Um, all those guys in the room um, have the utmost respect for Bales, and um, to see him not in the lineup, it's tough because you know how much he cares. Um, with that being said, there was a wealth of experience, and um, coming to those skates where he knew he wasn't in the lineup, he came with an attitude to work and wanted to get better. And um, if you had a camera on him, watching those playoff games, it he he had the attitude like he was in the games. Mm-hmm. He had the The emotion, the uh, the anxiety with the crowd, whether it's in Carolina, he wanted to be on the ice. So um, he cares um, probably the most out of anyone in that room. So um, to see that energy, um, even when he's not in the lineup, um, it's an element that obviously the last few years you haven't seen because he's he's been in every night. But um, just the passion that he shows night in, night out, whether it's in the lineup or out of the lineup, is unparalleled.
0: Now, as far as unrestricted free agents go... um, you got defenseman Scott Mayfield, you got goalie Semyon Varlamov, you got left wing Pierre Engvall. Hudson Fashing uh, was the uh, the Islanders after we had all wrapped up breakup day. And after Hudson had come out and had to answer all these questions about being a potential unrestricted free agent, and you could see it was uncomfortable, and, you know, maybe it seems like he certainly had the deal done at that point, but he was told not to discuss it because the deal had not been announced yet, so uh, uh, it, it was a sign Monday, uh, Hudson Fashing signs for a, uh, a two-year 1.55 Million dollar deal. That's uh, a one way deal, which is big for Hudson Fashing. Uh, that that was a sign that Lou Lamarillo is still in charge. Um, so you got Fashing signed up, but Mayfield, Varlamov, Engval, and Zach Parisi, they are all unrestricted free agents. So uh, if you're going to talk about the Islanders' biggest needs for next season, you gotta you gotta tell me which of these UFAs is or is not. Coming back. Um, now, they'll certainly need a defenseman if Scott Mayfield leaves. Um, Zach Parisi filled the role on the third line, as did Hudson Fashing. Um, but Fashing, who had 10 goals, 9 assists, and 49 games, he's obviously got this high motor and he's always skating hard and he seems to be a very smart player. And uh, you know he can generate a little bit of offense, but uh, on 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 another team or maybe even on the Islanders, it, it might seem that he's more suited to a fourth line. So you you might need some third line wings. Now Zach Parisi is thirty eight, Masterton Trophy nominee for the Islanders and well deserved. Uh, Hudson Fashing could have been a nominee as well, and that would have been really really well deserved as well. Um Zach Parise certainly filled a role. He didn't have a point in six playoff games. And uh, it, it, it's certainly not clear whether Zach Parise is going to give it another go next season. And again, he he said he would uh, play for the Islanders or nowhere. Um, and I think, and, and everything ties into Lou. Uh, Lou being very loyal. I think if Zach Parise wants to play and Lou Lamarillo is, is still the... President GM here. I can see Zach getting another one year, a third straight one year, one point five million dollar deal. Um, but if there is a new GM here, uh, there's no guarantee that that new GM is going to want to to fill a lineup spot with a 38 year old or a 39 year old. So you know, I think Zach Parisi knows his future is very much up in the air. For right now, um, Zach feels as if it's his choice as to whether he continues his career or not. Um, but again, you're going to need some, some third line help. I think, regardless of whether Zach and Hudson are both back, the Islanders still need a scoring wing. Um, they might not have the money to do that. If they invest that in Pierre Engvall, um, I'm not sure they would of all the UFAs, everyone of course says they want to be back. Right. And, uh, and I know they mean it, you know, Mayfield, Varlamov, um, they, they, they all, spoke glowingly of the Islanders and wanting to be here. Um, but Engvall was, was the one guy. And, and of course he's, you know, he was a late season import, so he's not tied to this franchise like those guys are. But uh, he said he had a good time here. He really likes the guys, but he, he didn't give that, you know, the Islanders are my first choice. He just had to say, you know, we'll see what happens basically. Um, now, if Scott Mayfield leaves, um, you're, you're certainly going to need a D-man. Um, I'll get into that in a minute. Um, you know, on the fourth line, I talked about how Hudson Fashing might be better suited for the fourth line. You got Matt Martin and Cal Clutterbuck both signed uh, for one more year. Um, before getting to Scotty Mayfield, here's Zach Parisi on, on talking about uh, what will go into his decision as to whether he wants to play another season or not?
2: There's a lot that goes into it. Um, I mean, we all, since day one, we all have that dream of you're know, chasing the cup. You know what I mean? And that's that's no different if you're 18 or you're 38 like I am. I mean, it's we're all chasing that thing. Um, so that's always a draw. And 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 honestly, I just you just enjoy being around these people so much that. It's that's a huge draw also. Um, and on the flip side, I mean, it's it's no doubt it's been it's been tough being away from the family being away from the kids for a couple of years. That's that's hard. Um, so there's, there's a lot of different things that that play into it. And, um, so we'll see.
0: And just like Josh Bailey, Zach Parisi is a beloved teammate. Uh, everyone talks about his work ethic. Um you have guys saying you know uh he's the, he's the best teammate they've ever had stuff like that that's what you hear about zach parisi and uh here's uh here's the captain anders lee on on his thoughts on zach parisi
1: zach is um he's a special guy i mean he's just uh, you know we all know i mean his work ethics um unmatched and for him to take care of himself the way he has all these years and playing the way he is at his age. I mean, it's, um, it's, imp- it's extremely impress- impressive, it's admirable, and um, just uh, the advice that he has, the things that he's seen and been through, and um, how he's handled all of the, the things that he's handled in his, his career, um, he does things the right way.
0: Now, as I mentioned, Scotty Mayfield is a UFA. Uh, he's 30. Um, he talked about how much he loves living on the island, him and his wife. You know they, they 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 have a home here. They built a home, I believe. Um, and he 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 doesn't want to leave. Is <laughs> is what it comes down to. But he was playing on an uber team friendly five year seven point two five million dollar deal um, that that Garth Snow uh, offered him, and he took uh, back before he really established himself as a. Uh, as a regular NHL defenseman, so good on Garth Snow uh, for that. That really helped the Islanders franchise out. Having Scotty Mayfield play on that kind of you know team-friendly cap hit, um, but now you know he's a top four defenseman. He's age thirty. What, what does that get you on the market? You know, you're probably looking at, at four million uh, kind of cap hit, and is that something the Islanders can afford or not? They, they the Islanders have approximately seventy-six point six million committed to eighteen players for next season, and that includes the five million for Bailey. Um, now, if 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 the Islanders can trade Josh Bailey to a team, you know, such as the Coyotes, that's always looking to bring on salary just to get to the salary cap floor, um, that 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 frees up the, the five million. Maybe you can. Uh, pass that on to Scott Mayfield, uh, or, or even if you buy out uh, Josh Bailey, that would save the Islanders $2.3 million against the cap season, although it would cost them $1.2 million in 2024-25, and those figures are, of course, uh, provided by the ever-invaluable capfriendly.com. So, you know, right now, it's not clear that the Islanders are going to be able to carve out what Scott Mayfield may be able to make on the, uh, on the, uh, open market. And, uh, you know, that, that could be an issue since, uh, like I said, Robin Sallow and Samuel Bullducker, are, are they ready to, to j- take a jump into the top six next season? I'm, We'll see in training camp. You know, players improve. Uh, you, you saw that it, it took Scott Mayfield a long time to prove that he was an NHL defenseman, and, and also certainly true of the top pair, Brian Pulock and Adam Pellick. So, you know, there's, you know, there, there's certainly nothing saying that Samuel Bolduk and and Robin Sallow can't contribute. I'm just not sure that their, you know, that their progression is going to be into the NHL lineup, uh, on a 82 game basis next season. But, uh, anyway, here's Scott Mayfield talking about his future.
3: Um, I mean, my mind's still the same as what it's been is that I love it here. Um, my wife loves it here. Uh, you know, we have, we have our house not too far from where we It's just a great setup. Um. You know, making playoffs at UBS was special this year. Um, so, yeah, I, I think my mindset's the same.
0: Um, this is who I want to be, and, you know, we'll see what happens. How, how exciting is it, you know, this opportunity to find out what your true market value really is? Uh,
3: um, yeah, it, it's definitely different. Um, you know, I there's ways that when you look at free agency, it's kind of a weird, you know, you look at, at comps you can look at what you bring to different teams you can look at places to live based off that you can look at just money it's there's so many factors that go into the decision to bring a guy in um and for a player to choose where to go it's uh there's a lot into it and you know it's something that i'm sure over the next couple weeks will be um something that will be visited a little bit more than you know i
0: have been tied into any discussion about the defenseman is whether this season was or was not an aberration for Noah Dobson uh, in terms of his defense and an ability to run the power play efficiently. And, you know, the answer this season was no, that the power play was definitely not running efficiently. Um, You know, I think it finished the season right around 15%. And it was at 5% in the playoffs. And you can really say that the power play cost the Islanders the chance to win that series against the Hurricanes. And look, right now the Islanders, you know, there, there is Sebastian Aho, And it, it took forever for L- Lane Lambert and Johnny McLean to make the switch. Get Noah Dobson off the first power play unit. It took until game six of that first round series to switch Sebastian Ajo into that spot. And, and Sebastian, you know, the puck movement was better uh, in game six on the top unit. They generated some better chances. They still went 0 for 3 on the power play. So uh, I'm not sure that over an 82-game season, Sebastian Ajo is any better of an option than Noah Dobson. Um, but uh, otherwise... Uh, uh, On the roster right now, you know, there's not really that answer if it turns out Noah Dobson isn't the guy. Now, he's 23. He's going into his fifth season. you expect struggles with with the guy his age uh, as an NHL defenseman um, until... You know, you just do, and I know there are other. You know, Adam Fox is is an example. Charlie McAvoy, guys like that, that that seem to be more consistent. Although, boy, you know, not delving too hard into the Rangers, but Adam Fox's turnover on that power play really, you know that that set the Rangers down the path of losing Game Seven. So. It, it happens with young defensemen. It happens with older defensemen, too. It's going to be the, the, the trick is how Noah Dobson learns from what happened this season, how he tightens up his defense so he can play more minutes. The problem was Noah Dobson, they tried making him more of a, a, a top four or top pair defenseman, and he couldn't handle the, the matchups consistently. Uh, he couldn't handle those minutes, and so they had to dial it back with him. Um, but his de- defense and, 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 the, and the giveaways were, were glaring at times. Um, he did have 13 goals and 36 assists in 78 games. So the offense is there at least five on five. Like I said, the, the power play has to run more efficiently than it did this season. So here's Noah Dobson on whether his confidence ebbed this season and what he saw out of the power play.
2: Uh, I don't think necessarily, um, I think I've always had the confidence, um, I just thought sometimes things came easier, or things came harder than than different times, um, there's times where I felt uh, playing really well but you weren't getting results and there's times where you're playing, you weren't playing great but you're getting the results and, and with that stuff so there's ebbs and flows but um, I'm excited where I am and I'm excited that I still have room to grow and keep getting better as a player and that's exciting to me just to continue to work on my game. I,
0: I know it's a, a five-man unit, but when the power play struggles the way it did, do you sort of take that personally?
2: Yeah, for sure. I think we all do. Um, we all um, have pride, and we all know what we're capable of, what we need to do. Um, power plays are important. I think when things don't go well, um, that can weigh on you as well. And As it, it snowballs and keeps getting doesn't keep getting better, it's tough, but I think uh, we were all we all know what we're capable of. We've shown that we can have a good power play. It's just uh, it didn't go our way this year, and hopefully we can learn from it and get a lot better for next year.
0: Now, talking about unrestricted free agents, one guy who is not an unrestricted free agent this season is Bo Horvat because uh, shortly after Lou Lamarillo acquires him from the Canucks uh, for Atu Ratu, Anthony Beauvillier, first-round pick, Bo Horvat... Agrees to an eight-year, $68 million deal, issuing free agency. Um, he commits to the Islanders. Um, and sort of, you know, Murphy's Law, right? He had been so good. He had, I think it was 31 goals with the Canucks before getting traded. The, the the goals dried up when he came to the Islanders. He had seven goals, nine assists in 30 games. He had one goal, one assist in the playoffs wasn't good enough and Bo Horvat was very honest about knowing it wasn't good enough. You don't want to grind the guy into the ground. Um he knows it. Um and and there was, you know, in his mind he's not trying to make excuses, but he did there there were some extenuating circumstances moving to Vancouver to Long Island, getting comfortable here. Um, and, and, and he talked about that on breakup day. Uh, and and again, the one thing I like about talking to Bo Horvat is he doesn't shy away from anything. And he's always very, very honest. You can see why he's captain material and yeah, the, the, the production dried up, but he's, he never shies away from the other parts of his game. Uh, I know you're not paying that much money. Uh, for, for a guy who's good on face-offs and, uh, and, and, and that good defensively, but Bo does have that in his game. And, you know, he's, he's, he's confident he can, he can turn it around given a, a full season with the Islanders. So here's Bo talking about his season and, and not getting that production that he was getting earlier in the season. You know, next year, like you yeah. said, you got eight years ahead of you. Mm-hmm. How much more comfortable will it be starting the oh, season? I think a lot. Yeah.
3: Um, you know it's uh, like I said it was it was a lot this year. Um, I'm not gonna lie mentally, um, especially just kind of not knowing what was going to happen, not knowing where I was going to be, how my family was going to get here. and then when everything kind of happened, it just kind of it was just a, a big tidal wave of emotions and uh, you know. Everything going on, moving the family, and you know, living situations and stuff. I mean, I'm not trying to make excuses by any means, but it was it was a lot this year um, on, on myself and the family, and um, obviously, would I have liked to score more goals, of course. Um, you know, and I, I definitely hold myself to a high standard and, and um, hold myself accountable and, and expect a lot out of myself. And you know, and when the goals did dry up, it, it was frustrating. But again, it's just uh, something that. You know, I, I think it's going to make me better in the long run uh, mentally and and uh, as a player. So, um, again, I'm just looking forward to getting settled, uh, moving into the house and, and getting, you know, my, you know, my family settled as well. Right. So I'm um, looking forward to that.
0: Now, one other question for the Islanders is will Bo Horvat stay linemates with Matthew Barzell? Matthew Barzell, of course, accommodating Bo Horvat's acquisition. Bo Horvat remains a center. Matthew Barzell moves over to the right wing. And now he's talking about eight year extensions. Matthew Barzell is, is starting an eight year, $73.2 million deal uh, for next season. So is his value best as a wing or a center? Barzell and Horvat did show really good chemistry right when Horvat came over. I think it was six games before Matthew Barzell suffered that injury. Um, missed the final 23 games of the regular season. Matt Barzell talked about, yeah, you know, he he came back in the playoffs and he tried to be right, but when you have a lower body injury, and we all believe it was a knee injury, um, you have to stay off the ice, and he wasn't skating. So he said that 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 takes a while to get back, and maybe it didn't come back in six games of the playoffs. But... Um, Matt Barzell said there was an adjustment to the right wing. He's been a center pretty much his whole life. He talked about how you have more freedom uh, as a center, you know, to kind of go left and right. And, you know, whereas being a wing is more of a straight line uh, game. And that's not necessarily Matthew Barzell's strength. He's best when he is given space and time to skate because that is his you know, superpower is his skating. Right? So that that that's something that can be worked out in training camp, whether Barzel is more valuable as Bo Horvat's right wing or more valuable centering his own line and maybe someone else like a a Brock Nelson or Jean Gabriel Pajot, um, you know, tries as tries to be Bo Horvat's wing. Um but Barzel was also a very interesting uh, On on another subject, which is, the the, he said, yeah, you know, the Islanders got into the playoffs this season, but hey, how much better would it be if they weren't struggling to get in? And uh, so here's Matt Barzell on the Islanders' need to get off to a better start next season.
2: The goal is to be in the playoffs every year. Um, You know, I think uh, you know this year it was you know fighting for that last spot, but I want to be in a position where. You know, we're, it's not, you know, just trying to, you know, sneak into the playoffs. It's, you know, going in and having a little comfort halfway through the season. I feel like the last two years it's been 45 games in, you know, we're we're scratching and clawing where um, I think those first first 30, 40 games, especially up until Christmas and the All-Star break are got to be the main focus next year to try to put ourselves in a position where, um, you know, it makes it easier uh, in those last 30 games.
0: Finally, I'm, I'm going to leave you, I'm just going to play the, this Oliver Wallstrom interview. Uh, it was the first time we had talked to Wally since he had gotten hurt on December 27th, and uh, he was pretty honest about how much it stunk for him, and how hard the recovery is, and how much he's looking forward to training camp, and when you talk about the Islanders needing a scoring wing, if Oliver Wallstrom ever gets to that ceiling that the team thought of when when they made him an eleventh round pick, or not an eleventh round pick, the eleventh overall pick. Sorry, in the first round, uh, right right ahead of Noah Dobson. If he ever gets that level, he does, you know, check one of the boxes for the Islanders. He hasn't quite been the consistent scorer that the the team needs out of him. He's got that wonderful wrist shot. But it just needs to be more consistent, and he could certainly help out the power play as well if he ever gets that level that the team expects from him. He had seven goals and nine assists in 35 games before getting hurt on December 27th. And here's Oliver Wallstrom on his long recovery and what he expects this summer and how much he's looking forward to uh, just being a hockey player again.
4: Very frustrating, obviously. You know, I thought I had a really good summer and, you know, pretty good uh, first half of the season. Um, but you know, it's part of the game, and you know, these first, I don't know, three, four years in the league. Now I've been learning a lot. You know, obviously, this new injury. You know, first year in the playoffs, second year not in the playoffs. So, really, it's kind of, um, kind of fortunate this injury happened. You know, a little setback for me um, to calm down, relax you know, do the things I can to, you know, put myself in the best position to return as quick as possible next year.
3: How much did you lean on Lee,
2: you know, similar injury? How much did you lean on him just for oh, the support?
4: Oh, a ton, man. You know, obviously um, that first, I don't know, couple of weeks is tough. You know, you can't, you know, i had to have my sister take care of me 24-7. And uh, so, yeah, I text him a lot, you know, just questions. And then also, you know, once missing playoffs, you know, that was kind of beyond a little depressing at the start because you want to be out there with your team. And help them win and, you know, grind and sweat with those guys in playoffs because that's what you play all year for. So, you know, I learned that side of it, too, and uh, I can just grow from this. So you
3: um, you just think you'll, you'll be good for training camps?
4: Yeah, I think I'll be good to go. I'm going to do everything I can to, uh, you know, set myself up for, um, you know, success next season, uh, you know, see how it goes, but I'm going to do everything I can to uh um, you know, get healthy. I mean, I'm 22 and I've been working out the last five months, so <laughs> <laughs> I should be ready to go. <laughs> hey, have
0: you been on the ice, or when do you think you can get uh, on I the ice? I haven't been
4: on the ice yet. Um, still a lot of time, so I think, you know, within the next couple of weeks, for sure going to hop on and feel out a bit, so it's it's been good so far. What happened? Yeah, I mean, I was going into uh you know, get myself in the game early. Um, you know, D was kind of getting in the back of the net, so I kind of read that, you know, could I... Got a good hit on him and try to separate him from the puck, and right when I hit, I guess he was kind of protecting the puck, and right when I launched up, my knee got stuck under his hip, and then something twisted, and and then the rest was history, so, yeah. Did you feel good about your season to that point, or how would you... Yeah, I mean, I thought, you know, I was making strides, obviously, you know, the first, uh, first you know, month was awesome, and then obviously, you know, a little bit of a dip, and then I got right back up to where I was again, and then the injury happened, so... Uh, for me, it's, you know, just staying even keel, and uh, like I said, this injury is, uh, I look at it as a blessing. Um, you know, I just take it, you know, working on the nutrition a lot now, obviously not skating, so calories are gone, so I'm working on that side, and so it's, it's been good, it's been good. And I know you got a dog, but how do you stay positive during that whole process of being, you know, out for? Yeah, I mean, like I said, the first couple weeks, man, it's tough. You know, leaning on family members. You know, I, I actually got a puppy in September, so I mean, I guess the timing was good. I, I spent every second with that guy, teaching him tricks. So, you know, my mind was away from the game, but you know, now I'm starting to ramp it up, and you know, it's it's exciting. So,
1: how important is it, maybe moving forward from the this line between, obviously, your attacking tendencies to?
2: Bring
4: more of that physical style of play. Yeah, I think, um, you know, for me, I'm, I'm a big guy, and, you know, I think I'm going to put a little bit more muscle on this summer, and I think, you know, I think that's where my game needs to trend. Obviously, I have the skill, and the skill's still there, but I think, you know, I, I have a lot of fun when uh, I kind of create a little havoc. I think I stay in games more when I'm like that, and, um, you know, I'll, I'll always be a guy that, if, you know, a teammate goes down or something. You know, I'm not, I'm not afraid to throw him around, but I'm not that type of guy that's looking for it, so... I think that's the next step in my game is just to be, uh, you know, hard-nosed power forward that puts the puck in the net and keep keep playing that style. Is this gonna seem like a long summer for you? Oh, my summer started in December, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's gonna be. I mean, I'm super excited to skate. I mean, it's gonna be awesome. But like I said, I'm 22 years old and I already put on a bunch of muscle, and you know, I'm super excited to get going with with the boys again next uh, next season. So um, I'm gonna do everything I can this summer and you know, I know I'm going to be ready for, uh, for the training camp. But going into restricted free agency, I guess just how do you feel about that? Yeah, uh, obviously, you know, I'm comfortable something's going to get done, but, you know, it's out of my control. Right now I'm focusing on the, my priority, and that's my knee, and getting healthy, and, uh, you know, go from there. But, uh, you know, contracts play, play themselves out, so I don't have to worry about that right now.
0: So, thank you very much, uh, everyone who is listening, uh, for sticking with it this season. I know, like I said, it, Did not necessarily end the way you guys were hoping, but uh, I really appreciate the support, and I'm looking forward to uh, delving into the off-season issues with the Islanders with more Island Ice podcasts. In the meantime, you can go to newsday.com backslash Isles for any Islanders content. Until we talk next time, happy hockey, everybody.